Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. And it's, it's as the Bible says, it says, write the vision and make it plain that the, the, one who, the one who reads it is able to run with it. So how many of you are grateful for having an opportunity to have vision, right? I, I think of the time when uh, just a few years back, Pastor Jurgen had asked me to take on missions for Awakened Church. And, and God immediately spoke because we we're looking at doing things within Baja. And, and God spoke to me, and let me just read the word that he gave to me. I will give you the vision to see Mexico. It's interesting, Pastor Michaela had no idea what I was gonna preach tonight. There is a governmental anointing to take territory and empower teams to do it. Pursue the harvest, for you will see a great harvest in Baja. So from our first mission trip that we took a few years ago, I remember standing with the beautiful Adriana Lopez. How many of you guys remember Adriana Lopez? Love her and we miss her. But we were standing together on an outreach and this man literally approached us and asked us with, we didn't even preach, we didn't do anything. We we're literally just standing there and this man comes up and says, what can I do to get saved? So how many of you know, like when you don't preach and someone's asking, how do you get saved? God is on the move. Like God, there's something incredible happening. And now just two and a half years later, we've had over 15 mission trips. We've sent over a thousand people across our campuses on a short-term mission trip. Do you, I don't know if we realize, but we've actually reached over 17,000 people through our outreaches. Come on. 17,000 people. By people saying yes, we've seen over 2,000 people get saved to date, and we are just getting started. You may remember this time last year, Esther was with us. We literally had a revival break out in the borderline of Tijuana while we're waiting for six hours, and legit, we were dancing out of our vans. Some people are like, get back in your van, the cartel's gonna shoot you, and it's like, no, they're not. We're gonna, everything's gonna be fine. And we literally saw people get saved saved. We saw people get healed. We, just God was just doing the miraculous. A band broke out. We danced with the band. Like it was just absolutely incredible. It was such a move of God. And so how many of you know when you see something like that, that that truly signifies that the hand of God is on it, the heavens are open and that we are literally walking in revival. So God reminded me of this word recently, just in, the la just in this last week, and as I was preparing for the message, God began to remind me of this word and just the, the story out of uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 18. And it was, e Elijah was establishing the dominion of God to release the word of God over the lives of the people to bring transformation. Now, many of you know that we are in a season of vision builders, and God 
God had established and given a word to us that this is the year of dominion, which means we are called as Awakened Church to take territory where the previous generations have laid it aside and allowed the, the enemy to run amok in that space and pick it up and begin to build again. And that's what Elijah did. He went into the territory. He said, enough is enough. It is time to establish the dominion of the king, the dominion of God over this, this territory so that we can see God move again. Come on. So we are in a place where God is in revival. And, and I love that. I love what Elijah did. And, and he went and he, he challenged the enemy. He, he, he caused a territory to be taken by doing a showdown of establishing the dominion of heaven. And on the other side of that, what happened? He, he said, I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. So what does that speak of? That it, there was an ending of a drought of three and a half years. So in other words, by Elijah saying, I am going to take territory. I'm going to take a stand. What was on the other side of him taking a stand? There was a ending of a drought, spiritually and as well as physically. So friends, as we arise within ourselves to take dominion, which God has called us to, by the way, because in case you don't know, what you tolerate will dominate you. So if there's something that you're tired of dealing with, perhaps you've been tolerating it and, and that's the reason why it's dominating over you. But guess what, friends, that can all change tonight. It's just making a decision. I'm no longer gonna be dominated by that thing. I'm gonna arise in the faith that God has given to me. So we can see here that truly, oh yeah, the title of my message is uh, Living Under Open Heavens. Living Under Open Heavens. And so, so what does it mean to live under open heavens? It means to, when we're under an open heaven, we are literally moving into the realm of the supernatural. When we're in the realm of the supernatural, that's where the miraculous takes place. That's where healings takes place. That's where revival, when we're dancing around on the streets of, of, of the, the, the border waiting, you know, hours on end, God begins to move and people begin to get healed. And at first people begin to look at us like, who are these crazy people in eight vans waiting all in line, dancing around and praying for people. But you know what ended up happening on the border? More and more vendors, more and more people started coming up to our vans and saying, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can you pray for, and, and we just had ministry happen. Like at a certain point, we were just such the party in line waiting for hours and hours that people just begin coming up to us. So we begin able to minister to the people. How many know that's called having an open heaven? So literally it's revival that's, that's breaking out. And so, so we want to live, we wanna be a people who lives under the miraculous, right? We wanna expect that miracles are for right now. Miracles are for absolutely for today. And even as Pastor Samuel was, was preaching earlier or really declaring that there, you know what, there's healing in the room. How many know if you need to be healed, that there's healing that is available to you right now? So God is the only one who can open up the heavens, but because of his goodness and because of our expectation, guess what? It is safe to say that we are living under an open heaven. There, we are living under revival. How many of you can say, like when we surge in this last year as Awakened Church and we see the revivals, the testimonies, the God stories, the, the multiplication of our campuses, the, the, the fact that our prayer services, our emergent cherished prayer has doubled in the last year. How many of you know that God is on the move? How many of you are expecting for God to do something in your life? 
Come on, how many of you are excited for God to release the miraculous over you? Can I get a shout? Now, now, so if God opens the heavens, then we get to keep the heavens open through our obedience. So how do, we, how do we keep the heavens open? That's what I wanna talk about tonight in just a few moments we have together. Number one, we gotta go all in and surrender to his ways. We've gotta go all in and surrender to his ways. I love in 1 Kings 18 and 21, we're just gonna share a few passages to, uh, this evening. And Elijah said, said, came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, not a word. So Elijah, he challenges the people, like quit, you know, vasculating, is it this God or is it that God? Make a decision and stand with it. So in other words, the call is for us to go all in. Many of you may remember my story that I got saved on my deathbed in the emergency room. And it was in the emergency room that I had this realization that if I were to die in this moment, that I would literally go to hell. How many of you know that that's called a sobering moment? I'd much prefer to get saved in church than being in the ER with everything attached to me. So, you know, that's the better place to be. So I'm in that moment and, and, and everything changes and, and, and God does a work on the inside of me and I cry out and I say, God, if you let me live, I swear, I will live for you all the days of my life, not halfway, but all the way, God, I'm completely yours. And how many know that transformation immediately took place? Immediately deliverance, immediately healing and restoration, all the things begin to happen in my life. But how many know that God is not just our savior, but he's also our Lord? <laughs> and so I experienced him as my savior you're in that moment, and I'm grateful for that, but he also requires his lordship to be over our lives. So fast forward a few months later, and I had been, many of you, I know you'd be shocked, but I had been in a relationship for five years. We had lived together, we were engaged, everything was set and ready to go, all the things, and God literally spoke to me. I had only been saved maybe a month. God spoke and said, Shelly, if you want to do all that I've called you to do, you've got to let this relationship go. Now, like he had everything going, everything seemed well and it seemed right. We had been together for five years. My family started fighting with me and saying, Shelly, you're an idiot. What are you thinking? Like you should stay in the relationship. What's wrong with you? Why are you ending the relationship? But I knew what God had spoken, right? And so the question is, is can we go all in when God asks us to go all in? Come on. It's easy to say, God, save me. But when he says, hey, I, I want to you know, set some things in order in your life and you need to trust me that this relationship ultimately isn't going to bring you to your destiny that I've appointed to you, are you willing to lay that down? So I had to make the decision to let down that relationship, let it go, and seek first, as the Bible says in, in, in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. So I had the trust on the front end, letting something go that was secure, letting something go that brought so much comfort, and where my family's like, Shelly, you've gone out to lunch, you're crazy, like, what's wrong with you? You should totally, like, what are you thinking? But I just had to obey. God. Are we willing to go all in? Your surrender will require you to sacrifice and stretch your faith into the next level. You, if we truly want an open heaven over our lives, friends, we've got to be willing to stretch into the next level. 
We've, we've got to go into the place of stretching in and, and, and being willing to allow God to, to work in our life in maybe a very unique way. And some things, when we go on the other side, I've learned that when I go all in, then, and, and when I surrender the things that God has for me, then he will begin to reveal his promises. Then he'll begin to reveal his plan. Then he'll begin to speak and declare. And so when that incident happened in my life, and I, I made just a very hard decision of us parting ways and, and doing all the things, shortly after that, God spoke, it's time for you to go to Bible college. It's time for you to get trained. I had no idea prior to to that, but on the other side of that, that's what it took place. So how many you know? We just don't know. But sometimes I think we hold on to things thinking, well, if I, if I let go, if I let go, I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what God's going to ask me to do. But God asked me to go to Bible college. And, and while I was in Bible college, I didn't know what God was going to have me do. But then God yet spoke again. And I just surrendered my life. And, and so I laid down a relationship. And then God says, get out of your family. Get out of your county. Go to Bible college. Go into a place where you don't know anyone. Where you, this is all new. So I'm in this place of surrender. And in, that, in, in Bible college, God speaks and says, I'm calling you to the nations. I'm calling you to preach the gospel. I'm calling you to do these things. And, and I wouldn't have known that if I didn't surrender. So if we would be a people who'd be committed, you know what, God? Tonight is the night. Wherever we're at, I'm gonna go all in. I'm, why? You know, and there's been, can I tell you that there's been hard times in the 23 years walking with God. I've been in 20-something nations. I've lived in Mongolia. I've lived in New Zealand. I often wonder, does that count as the mission field? It's so beautiful there. Uh, but, you know, like being in those places and traveling the world, you know, like there's so much pressure that came that would challenge me to quit. And there's times, if I was honest, I wanted to quit. Yeah. I'm sure I'm the only one in the room that's wanted to quit. <laughs> right? And I wanted to quit, but yet I knew that I can't. I know what God had spoken. I knew that I, I needed to continue. I know there's a lot of possible ex-quitters here, <laughs> ex-quitters here, <laughs> ex-quitters here. <laughs> But how many you know sometimes we've got to burn the bridge to me mediocrity if we're going to fulfill the call of God for our lives? Come on. Number two, number two, real quick. All right, so we got step, he had this step out in faith. We've got to step out in faith. Now think of it, we have Elijah the prophet and he, had to, he, he took on a battle that he had no former experience to draw from. It was literally one ox, his sacrifice, versus 450 false prophets and their sacrifice. How many of you know that that's slightly intimidating? Slightly like a big deal, right? That he, he said, you guys do, you call upon your God and, and, and I'll call upon my God on my sacrifice and the God who answers by fire. He is God. And so, you know, the, 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 the prophets of Baal, they, they cry out and they slash themselves and, and they're doing all these things and, and, and nothing happens to their sacrifice. Hours later, Elijah's even just, you know, picking on them and making fun of them of like, well, you know, maybe he's on vacation. <laughs> maybe he's asleep. <laughs> you know, maybe you need to cut yourself a little bit more. Maybe, you know, right? So he's taunting them and he's just antagonizing them. And then it comes down to the, the point of him doing his sacrifice. Then his sacrifice, he, he, he basically has them douse it in water four, four times that he has them overflow the trough with water. And so what did he do? He had to step out in faith, believing that God would meet him there. 
right? Sometimes it's easy to wait for God to do something, but can we step out to see God do something? How many know that that's slightly different? Stepping out requires us to have greater faith in God than in ourselves. Or maybe I could say it like this. Stepping out in faith requires us to have greater confidence in God than in ourselves. I remember a friend of mine who, uh, they were a beautiful couple actually in their 80s and they, they were, uh, you know, they had gone through our Bible college in Mongolia. And so they had, you know, had different health issues. She had some uh, just different things that she needed medications and, you know, diabetes, all the things. And he was mostly blind and he, he had to have some just, uh, just different medical equipment to assist throughout the day. So these two, in their 80s, they graduate from Bible college and they're like, send us to the Gobi Desert. They're in their 80s, friends. Like, why in the world would you send two beautiful old people in the desert for them to start a church? By the way, they're just gonna go start a church on their own in their 80s with all their health condition. The nearest hospital is an eight-hour train ride. And they said, you know what? We wasted our life so much prior to Jesus. We want to go all in and make an impact happen. Come on. And I'll never forget, they call, they call me up about three months later and they gathered a, a group of people in the Gobi Desert, which by the way is like the coldest desert in the world, uh, in the Gobi Desert and they call up three months later and they say, teacher, we don't know what to do, but we, we know we need to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit. How do we do it? And so the, I said, and I gave them just very simple instruction and you know, they, they just said, okay, we, we're just gonna believe God. They stepped out and they began to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit, something in the Gobi Desert never experiencing before, people falling out under the power of God, people getting healed, people getting delivered, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is from a, a couple who's in their 80s. So when I heard that, I was like, God, man, I need to step it up a little bit. <laughs> like when you really think of like what they did, what they were willing to go through. And, and so under open heavens, we must be willing to step out in faith. And oftentimes it happens happens in adverse circumstances, meaning, you know, we cannot consider, the Bible says, you cannot consider the wind, otherwise you will not sow the seed. You will not sow the circumstance, it will, will overwhelm you. I remember being in the nation of India, and we were in one city, and we needed to get to the next city. The problem was, is that India is known for riots everywhere, like there's just riots that erupt. So we stayed in one city, like an, an additional night, because there was such a riot that was going on, so everyone's like, you know what? Just give it a day, it'll probably rest. You know, th these things happen all the time. So we're like, okay, cool. Well, the next day, the, the riots are still going on. So we've got a decision to make. Do we ignore the city that we had a packed out schedule because we are, we're afraid of the riot or were we gonna step out in faith believing that God had brought us into that place and knowing that God would bring the breakthrough, bring the protection, all those things. How many of you know that's a real test of your faith? Are you gonna go in the middle of a battle to see the word of the Lord come to pass. We made the decision. We've just said, all right, well, let's just go for it. We know that God has brought us here on assignment. We know that God is with us. We know that his, his, his hand is upon us, so let's just go for it. So we went into the van, and, 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 and we, at first it was fine. Like the road was clear, and it's beautiful. We're just going through like the tea fields because it's a huge, you know, as we have vineyards in Temecula, that particular space is where it's like all the, the, the tea vineyards, if you will, the, the equivalent of those everywhere, beautiful. Then we start getting into the city, 
city and before you see the you see all the riots that that are breaking out right like people literally at a certain point when we got into the city literally the the car was flanked on either side with people and so we are all white faces and how many know white faces in that country stands out just a little bit <laughs> it's like flashlights in the in the vehicle <laughs> And so we're like, oh my Jesus. And so, so I literally just said, guys, this is what we're gonna do. Close the curtains in your van, in, on, your, on your window and look straight ahead. Do not look at the people inside, but look straight ahead. And so we just slowly close the curtains like, oh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, like, come on. I mean, it's a, it's a real situation. So we get through on the other side of it and we like, we literally like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Are, 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 we, are we here? are we in heaven? Like, you know, like we're like wondering, like, did we actually make it through the other side? And sure enough, we got to the other side. We got into the safe passage and we had about 20 meetings between our team that we preached throughout the entire city. Massive deliverance, massive freedom, massive, all the things that God was moving and working that city. And we would have, that city would have missed out if we would have buckled under fear and, and afraid to step out. Come on. Now, you may not be called to go to India and do something crazy like I did, but you are called to step out in faith in an arena that you maybe been sitting on, waiting, hoping, praying that maybe Dr. Matt would put you on his vision card when you actually need to step out yourself. Come on. Don't be blowing up his Instagram and saying, put me on your vision card, put me on your vision card. You already are. You're in his campus. He loves you. He wants to see the best for you. Come on. But how many know you've got to step out in faith? Number three, you've got to use your prophecies as weapons to wage spiritual warfare. So oftentimes I think we're like, you know, we see the prophet, we wear the, you know, the, the Tim Smith shirt, and it's nice and bright and say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for my prophetic word, right? And we're ready to receive the word and we think, oh, cool, I've got this prophetic word, so, so now everything's good. Is it? Is it? Does the word just come to pass? No, the, the word is given to you because it's a weapon in your hand to bring about the purpose of God in your life and within the kingdom. Yes, it blesses you, but it encourages you. Elijah took the word and he went into battle. He knew in order for the prophetic word to come to pass that he actually had to do what? He had to fight. He had to establish the dominion of the king. Wow. First Kings 18 verse 1. And it came to pass after many days of the drought, about three and a half years at this point, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab, a.k.a. you're going to have a battle to fight and I will send rain on the earth. So he had this realization that he had to establish, the, he had to establish the dominion of God in order to release the, the prophetic word. So it wasn't just because the word was sent forth, then, then, oh, cool, I'm going to sit back in my lazy boy and let God do all the work. No, we're actually meant to actually engage in battle. How many know in our climate today that there's a battle? We're in the middle of a battle, actually. Right, 1 Timothy 1 and 18, this charge, which I know this, you know, everyone breathe. I know, it's a lot. I know, I'm sorry. I wish I could joke a little bit more, but this is gonna help you. Right, this charge, I commit to you, son Timothy, 
according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, notice this, that by them you may wage the good warfare. In other words, we must take the prophecies that God has given to us and wage the good warfare to see it actually come to pass. So in other words, if you want to see a promise be fulfilled, you're going to have to battle. God has equipped you, in other words, with his prophetic word to wage war, to have victory, and to see the promise fulfilled in your life. So in 2017, I had a diagnosis that came to me. Boo. I mean, come on. And I, and I was diagnosed with an, uh, with an autoimmune disease called ITP. Essentially, it's a blood uh, condition, which means that my platelets were vitally low and it was causing massive issues. Whenever I would go on a plane, that I would have this, what's called petechia. So it, it looked like someone just took like a ballpoint pin and just knotted up my, all of my, my legs and I would bruise very easily. And it was, a, it was a very startling condition. How many know when you hear autoimmune, it gets your attention a little bit? <laughs> And I just remember like immediately like, God, what do I do with this? Like, this is so, I've never been sick before. I've never been in the hospital. I've never had any of these things. And God just began to speak so clearly. Am I not the God who heals you? And so I had to stand upon the word of God and say, God, I know that you are the one who heals me. I trust you that you heal me. And I would get up every day and I would prophesy, God, you are the God who heals me. And I'd pull on, the, you know, back, back in that time, was Carrie Job had her song, Healer. And so I began to just sing that song over my physical body. And then fast forward about a year later, and I found myself in a conference in Miami. And the power of God was just present. And, and, and the pastor, he calls and I'm probably like 10, 20 rows back, 30 rows back. It was a huge auditorium of 5,000 plus people. And he does a call. He says, anyone with a blood condition, come to the front now. And as soon as I heard it, I didn't care what I look like. I don't care what I look like. I probably kicked somebody on my way out. And I just went running forward as fast as I could. Why? Because we've got to be aggressive about obtaining the promises that God has for our lives. Come on, we can't just sit on our sides. Come on. Sometimes, you know, the, you know, the kingdom comes by us actually stepping out and waging good warfare. And we wage good warfare with the promise. So I went running forward and I don't even know what happened. Next thing I know, like I flipped backwards and the power of God just hit me. And then next thing I know, I get someone like pulled me up again and then I fall down again and I'm like trying to get back up as the second time. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting dragged up to the front on, on, on the stage to go pr to, to testify what God had just did in my life. And then I'm just so out of it. And then, you know, like, and then now he's looking at me and he's like, daughter, what happened to you? And as soon as he opened up his mouth, I just flew back again. And I'm just like, well, apparently all I'm doing is falling down. <laughs> but in the meanwhile, God is healing and restoring me. I went back home just a couple of days later. I got tested and can you believe it? Completely gone, completely healed, completely restored. No detection that it had ever been there. Come on. And what God will do, what God will do for one person, he will certainly do for another. So if you are waiting on a prophetic word, can I encourage you, open up the word of God, find a promise and begin to prophesy your promise. You don't need to worry about the yellow shirt. Tim Smith's got you covered. <laughs> Come on, come on. But, but the, truthfully, when we take the word of God and we prophesy, we prophesy our promise, we will see it come to pass. Number four, 
He was committed to prayer. We see that Elijah in this circumstance, when, when he's getting ready to pray, he's getting ready to intercede and, 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 and offer his sacrifice before the Lord. We pick up in verse 36 and 37. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God in Israel and I am your servant, that I have done all of these things at your word, moving out, taking steps of faith at the word of God. If you, again, if you're looking for a prophetic word, you're like, well, Pastor Shelley, well, how am I supposed to fight? Well, there are many, many promises that are found within the word. If you're, if you're like, I don't have a prophetic word, I guarantee you God will give you one. I guarantee you that you don't need to wait for someone to give it to you. You just say, God, what do you want to say to me? Write it down. That is your prophetic word. That's the word that God will establish his, your calling, will establish the inheritance that he wants to bring to you. Right, this is all about how do, we, how do we live under an open heaven? This is how we do it. We use the word of God. We declare the word of God. Hear, hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. What a beautiful thing that Elijah's devotional life was not uh, private, by the way. It was public. He was out in the middle of open. He, he was putting it all out there because he was already all in. And he just said, God, I love it. His heart was not just about establishing the dominion of heaven, but it was about seeing the hearts of the people turn back, turn back to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Turn back. How many of you know that if we want to see an open heaven over our lives, which I believe we do, who does not want to see the provision of heaven come through our lives? Who does not want to see the promises come to pass, the, the word of God to be released, the, 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 the things that desires of our heart to come to pass in our lives. God cares about you as a person as much as he cares about the kingdom being built. The kingdom is built when you are built. So God is focused on your whole man prospering. I pray, beloved, that about, that you would prosper in your soul, in your soul. I want to see you prosper, right? God desires for you to be in wholeness, to, to live a, a beautiful life with a beautiful family. Family. And so how many of you know that that is going to require us? We want this open heaven. God, I desire an open heaven. I'm committed to prayer. I'm committed to interceding for those people that are around and about me. Living under an open heaven is going to require us to do these things. Lastly, take courage and keep believing. I, you know, if you, you read throughout the Bible, do you notice it always says, be of good courage. It doesn't say like God will give you courage. It's not something that's a gift that's like, you know, on a table for you to receive, but it's on the table for you to pick up. You've got to take courage. Many people would say our most amazing, incredible Pastor Jurgen, who we love. I'm so grateful for Pastor Jurgen. And uh, side note, he was actually there at our proposal and it was just a very, very special moment. And we just hugged and we embraced and we cried. And I knew that if it wasn't for Pastor Jurgen, I never would have met Mr. Ben Lum. I knew it, I knew it, come on. And Pastor Jurgen, thank you. And Pastor Jurgen, we would have all said, we all do. What courage 
he had in 2020, especially kicking off and going against the doing all the things, what courage that he had. But the reality is, is that he, what did he do? He took courage. He took courage. He took courage and kept believing God. And so what a beautiful example that we have that we can take courage and believe God. Take, if you don't know anything else, if there's nothing else that you remember from this message tonight, would you take courage and keep believing God while in the waiting? Right now, Elijah, he had to, he, he had to take courage to, to, to see God release the rain. He, he had to take courage and keep believing that God was going to end the drought. And he couldn't help but feel maybe it was his fault that all of this stuff was happening because, by the way, he is the one who prophesied the drought. Can you imagine the weight that would have been on him? And so he had to take courage and believe, God, I know what you said. God, I know that you're going to bring the promise the past. I know that you're going to bring rain onto this land and into this territory. So while we are in the waiting, we must take courage. Think of Abraham. Think of Moses. They waited 25 years. Think of, of uh, Joseph. He had to wait 13 years. Now, obviously, secret's out. I'm engaged. I had to wait 23 years. 23 years ago, God asked me, will you let this relationship go? and trust me to do all that I've called you to do. And I stepped out of that word, and so I always laugh, you know, I get like these 20-somethings that come up and like, I'm just tired of waiting. I'm like, how long have you been waiting? Two months. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question. Have you, gone, have you gone all in and surrendered before the Lord? You know, you just kind of, you know, like you look at that, you know what, that's my story. I'm not saying, I'm not saying for all of you single people out there, don't hear what, I, what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you all gotta wait as long as I did. That's just, my particular destination, my journey, all of the things that are with that. But through the midst of these 23 years, can I tell you that it wasn't always easy to believe God and to trust that it was gonna come through. But I knew in my heart of hearts that all the promises of God are yes and amen. I knew that I knew that all the promises of God, that God is faithful. God is faithful to perform his word. God is faithful to give you the desires of your heart. There's not one desire, there's not one promise that he would not give to you. And he delights in the prosperity of his servant. Would you believe God? Would you just stand to your feet tonight? All over this room, come on. I would. I just feel like it's just this, this is a word of how to keep and how to live under open heavens is to give you a faith injection, to press in, step out, stretch your faith, trust that God is gonna move. And in the midst of those years of waiting, I just looked at God and I just said, okay, I just, you know what was my life verse? I'll tell you my life verse. First Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So through the years and through waiting and, and through all the, all the things, I just knew one thing. If I keep my eyes on Jesus, if I trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. That's a little hymn from the 1800s for y'all, bringing it back, you know, the fresh, fresh, real, and powerful. Come on, come on. It, it, th that same verse I read at the start of, the start of this evening, at verse, uh, ch chapter two, verse two. It says in, in the Message Bible, and then God answered, write this. So I, friends, I wanna remind you, this is like we're midway point of the year. You need to look at your vision card again. You need to look at what is it that God has spoken to you. Have a vision. Have a, what is it that you're believing God for? Write it down. Maybe this message, write some things down. 
write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. I love that. So make it so big that as you're running your life that you can see what it is that God has spoken. The vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on the way and it will come right on time. Every word, friends, I wanna encourage you. There's an open heaven over over our lives. And the first step to having an open heaven over your life is actually surrendering to Jesus and going all in. It's making a decision saying, you know what? No, maybe some of us, you've never committed your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never fully surrendered or or maybe you have at one time, but life got difficult. And what did you do? You you begin to take things and areas of your life back and trying to make it work out in your own strength. I, I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've tried to do it in my own strength and I've tried to use my own wits. And, and how do you know that when you do things in your own strength, you just end up becoming frustrated, fascinated, as Pastor Michaela would say, very fascinated in circumstances that come in our lives. Come on, right? But if we would just surrender afresh to Jesus, if, is, there, is there anyone in this room tonight that would say, you know what, I need to surrender. I need to go all into Jesus. Maybe it's your first time, or maybe it's just, you know what, I know that I've just felt far because of circumstances that have pushed me away. I, I, need to, I need to do that right now. I just need to get right with Jesus. I just need to give him my heart. I wanna, I wanna just go all in. How many people would say, I wanna go all in? You're, it's your first time you're recommitting all over this room. Thank you, I see that hand, I see that hand, thank you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anyone up here yet? God bless you, I see that hand. God bless you. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Let's let's say this all together. Jesus, I come to you right now. I turn from my ways and I surrender to you. I thank you that you are here. I make a decision to go all in. Thank you that you set me free. God, you are my father. Heaven is my home. And right now, I command the devil to get off of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give all those people a hand. Friends, I believe that God you know, it's, it's this this message. Here's here's the takeaway. I'm reminded there's a there's the woman uh, that she built a room for the prophet. So, so she made she made room for the prophet. And as she, she she constructed, she consulted with her husband, she built this room and she was waiting on a promise. Do you know what the promise was? She was waiting for a baby. And she, she didn't do it because of that. She just did it to honor God, but she made space for God to room. She stretched out, she, she, she stepped out in faith. She, she used the prophetic to, to be able to, 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 to wage warfare. She began to pray and to intercede. She began to have a devotional life before God. She took courage and chose to keep believing God. She did all of these things. She went all in building an additional room. Doesn't make sense. This, you know, fat prophet only comes once a month. Why would you build a room for him? But she built the room because she was trusting that God would do something in that space. And when she, that room was completed, the prophet came into that room. And what took place is the miraculous took place. And she, her womb got filled with a baby boy. 
Come on, come on. So, so I say all of that to say that sometimes, you know, this, this, this message, I believe, is, is about us being, take courage, shake the dust off, shake the midi where, where we've just been laying things or waiting for things to come to pass. No, we must step out in faith. We must, it is us, it is our prayers. Get into Emerge Prayer. Get into Cherish Prayer. Get into these things. Trust and stretch your faith again. See God do a, the miraculous in your life again, and God will give you, come on, God will give you fresh anointing to have breakthrough. I felt tonight that, God's, that, that God would open up the heavens and release a fresh anointing over your life to believe and to stretch for a little bit further. All over this room, would you just lift your hands before heaven? Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters tonight. I thank you for the move of your spirit that is here, God. We, we thank you for there's an open heaven of revival over awakened church, taking territories in, in Salt Lake City and Boise and San Diego and Baja and beyond, Father. We thank you for this open heaven. Father, we desire for that fresh anointing that you would pour out on the inside of us and through us to break through limitations, God. We thank you for your word that would bring liberation into our hearts and into our souls, Father. We thank you for fresh anointing, fresh anointing, a fresh touch of heaven to come upon every son, every daughter. Father, I thank you that what you've done for one, that you would do for another, God, that you are no respecter of person, but that your promises would come to pass for every single person. In Jesus' name, would you all say amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. Bye for now.